want to begin by sharing a, a precious passage of Scripture with you. It comes from uh, the book of Acts. It's not our main text. We'll get to that a little later. It talks about what was happening in the early church, the atmosphere of what was happening there. It was a wonderful atmosphere. God was at work. The Bible says, in the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. But all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet. And they would be distributed to each as any had need. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated the son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, I don't know how you hear scripture or how you hear the story, but that's an amazing time in the history of the early church. It's obvious that God was at work. God was stirring the hearts of people. And here is a little congregation who were called to commitment. But as you know, God doesn't speak to people collectively. He speaks to people individually. You heard Doug just a moment ago talk about the time when he was at that youth meeting when God spoke to his heart simply by the pastor handing out a little index card and asked them to write, Yes, Lord, on it. And how Doug put that in his Bible and he shared it across the course of the services, how he, he kept that. And it's a reminder to him of the commitment that he made to the Lord on that day. Perhaps you've made a similar commitment. And all these people in the context of the Holy Spirit being at work were making commitments. But that's not the scripture that we're going to look at because the story actually doesn't end there. The story moves forward to Acts chapter 5, and it's a troubling story. It generates some measure of fear in the hearts of us when we read it. It troubles us because it reminds us that we're a lot like the couple that we're going to read about who was also in that church. They were also called to commitment. And so let's read the story in Acts chapter 5. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all of those who heard of it. The young men got up and covered him up. And after carrying him out, they buried him. Now, there elapsed an interval of about three hours, and his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. His wife came in, not knowing that her husband had had a conversation with Peter, not knowing that her husband fell dead there in the presence of Peter. 
not knowing that the young men covered him up and carried him out and buried him, not knowing that her husband was dead and buried. And Peter responded to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, Yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, Why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last, and the young men came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband, and great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. Now, the first part we read was wonderful. It was the story of God being at work in a little congregation of people. And here in that congregation, the first point I want to make, I want to show you simply, is this couple, like everyone else in that congregation, were called to commitment. Now, I told you that the reason this passage of Scripture troubles me is because I, too, have been called to commitment in the past by the Lord. You also, you also have been called to commitment. And all of us who have been called to commitment, all of us who wrote on a card somewhere or on our heart, yes, Lord, and we stored that away somewhere, remembering that God called us to commitment, there are some of us, like Ananias and Sapphira, who have not paid the price of full commitment. Commitment does have a price tag. And when we make a commitment to God, he expects us to keep it. Not only did this, were this couple called to commitment, but the second thing we clearly see in this passage of Scripture is they made a commitment. Uh, now, how do we know that? Well, we know that because they responded to the Lord. They didn't respond to the church. They didn't respond to the pastor. They didn't write down on a pledge card saying to the church, we will give such and such an amount of money. They responded to the Lord. We know that because we look at Peter's question in chapter 5, verse 3, and this is the question that becomes our focus. As Peter said to Ananias, he said, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? So here's the issue. I'm going through this real, real quickly for you so you can see. Number one, the couple was called to commitment. Like everybody else in the church, some were responding and keeping their commitments. And this couple, too, made a commitment, made a commitment to the Lord that they would sell their property and give the full price of that to the Lord. It wasn't about the land. It wasn't about giving it to the church. It was about the commitment that they made to the Lord. But the third thing that we clearly see is that they held back part of the price of their commitment. The land was theirs. The decision was theirs. And what did they decide? They decided to give it to God. How do couples make decisions today? We sit down at our table and we, we have a conversation and, and we determine what we're going to do and how we're going to respond to what God has said to us. And they made their decision. They said, we will sell our land, and we too will give the money, uh, the proceeds, and we will take it and lay it at the apostles' feet. Uh, and so how do we know they decided to give it to God? Because in verse 4, the last part, Peter said, You have not lied to men, but to God. They lied to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit called them to commitment. 
They made a commitment. Who could have known anything about that commitment but God himself? God revealed it to Peter. And this couple then was shocked to know, first Ananias and then his wife Sapphira later, that God would hold them accountable for the full price of their commitment. I want to ask you a question. Will God hold you accountable for some commitment that you made to him in the quiet of your home or in the quiet of your heart or at some gathering where the Spirit of the Lord was working and you said, yes, Lord, and you tucked that commitment away somewhere, will God hold you accountable for that commitment? Yes, he will. The fourth thing that I would have you to see in this passage of Scripture is that this couple gave the appearance of commitment without the reality of commitment. And the real reason here is that Jesus was not Lord of their home or their hearts, but they wanted everyone to believe that he was. They wanted to give the appearance of being committed as all the rest. So they, they, they talked like it, they led in prayer like it, they sang like it, they walked through the community like it, and when they came to lay this offering at the apostles' feet, they marched down to the front and laid down theirs. From all outward appearances, Ananias and Sapphira were model believers. However, they held back part of the price of full commitment. It was a matter of their own heart commitment to God. It was two insincere hearts trying to play the part of being yielded to the Lordship of Christ. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your heart, it will show up in your home. It will show up in your marriage relationship. It will show up in the way you attend church on Sunday. He will be the Lord of your giving and the Lord of your living. But the first place it will show up is in the secrecy of your own heart and the secrecy of your own home. So when the Spirit of God stirred in the heart of this congregation, He stirred the hearts of this couple to make a commitment, and they made a commitment. But it appears that they had second thoughts about their commitment. And the next thing I want you to see is that it clearly seems that there was a spirit at work in their life other than the Spirit of God. When you make a commitment to the Lord and you are prompted, tempted, think about dialing back that commitment. The Spirit of God never, ever leads you to dial back your commitment. There's always another spirit that's at work in your life leading you to do that. So are there any of you who are thinking about dialing back your commitment, giving less than what you promised the Lord? They were to follow the leadership of the Spirit. But the moment they decided to do less than the Spirit asked them, they were following the leadership of another spirit. The Spirit, the Bible says, that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. They were doing business with the devil. Satan himself had filled their hearts to lie to the Holy Spirit. Can you fool God? You may fool the church. You may fool the pastor. But you cannot fool God. In this church, God has called people to radical commitment just as he called Ananias and Sapphira. And some of you will be obedient. I know that. There are always those folks who are under the leadership of God's Spirit are going to do what God asked them to do. And some of you will give the appearance of being committed. But in your heart of hearts, you are not committed and you know it and you know God knows it. 
You can keep up the front the appearance of commitment, but you're not genuinely committed. And so you're pushing the envelope of God's patience, testing the limits of God's mercy by holding back the price of full commitment. Holding, this is the next point. Holding back the price of full commitment will cost you more than you want to pay. It will cost you. If you think not, then you need to ask the Lord right now to show you and say, Lord, has it cost me anything? Show me what it costs me not to, fa to fail to keep my commitment. Well, it obviously cost Ananias and Sapphira. And if you're knowingly being uh, offering God anything less than full commitment on a daily basis, whether that be in the rearing of your children or in the running of your business or in your commitment to the word of God in prayer, then you as a couple are walking in full agreement to give God less than your best. You are holding back the price of full commitment. And you can see that when you look at your calendar. You can see that when you look at your checkbook. You can see that when you look at your church attendance. Ananias knew he was not right with God. Sapphira knew she was not right with God. Each of them knew in their own heart of hearts that they were holding back the price of full commitment. And it will cost you. It cost them, didn't it? You say, well, is God going to strike me dead if I don't keep the price of full commitment? Well, I... I can tell you by experience, he doesn't always strike you dead. But sometimes he allows other things into your life that, that cost you. I can tell you that by experience. I can tell you that there's some commitments that I should have kept to, to God that I didn't keep, and it cost me. I have been through more than one crisis when in the middle of that crisis, God reminded me of a commitment that I had abandoned, that I had held back part of the price of my commitment, and I knew in the middle of that crisis that I was paying for it with my tears. I believe that my family has suffered as a result of my failure. If I could go back and start over, I would go back to the first days of my, I would go back beyond the first days of my marriage. I would go back to my dating days and I would keep my commitments I made to God and the ones I made all along the way. And there are other couples here who, if you were honest, you would admit that you too have held back the price of full commitment in some area of your life, and you know it has cost you. And if you were here, you could tell us where. Had you known what it would have cost you in tears and heartache, you would have paid the price of full commitment to God. I have in my library a, one of the first books that I ever received after becoming a, a minister was a little book somebody gave me called The Leaves of Gold. Some of you have that book. Some of you older folks, and it's in your life. It's just a little, little book with stories in it, great stories. One of the great stories in that book that I dearly love is a story of something that happened a long time ago in the city of Edinburgh, Scotland. There was a young man who went with a group of his friends to live in the city, and while he was there, they went out one night for a night of wild living. But that particular young man had parents that regularly prayed for him, and that night as he roamed the streets with those other young men, they headed to a place of sin, and he was on his way with them. 
But on their way, there was a clock in an old church steeple there in Edinburgh that that began to strike the 9 o'clock hour. He stopped dead in his tracks. And he, he said to the other young men, I can't go with you. And they urged him to come, and he said, I, I can't go, I'll not go. And they wanted to know the reason why, what suddenly changed his mind, and this is what he said. He said, when I left my home in the country, my old mother said, my boy, you are going to a wicked city, and your temptations will be strong, but your father and I will pray for you without ceasing, and every night at 9 o'clock we will be on our knees saying, oh God, save our boy. And as that clock chimed nine that night, it brought his mother's words to his heart. And he said to those other boys, he said, I will not break their hearts. And he turned around and went back to his room and cried to God for mercy. But I have to ask you, what if his parents had not been keeping that commitment? What if they had not been praying? What if they had failed to pray like so many of us have failed to pray and have paid the consequences, or failed to keep this commitment or that commitment, and we reaped the harvest of that in the life of our family, in the rebellion of a child, or some tension in the relationship, or some other sadness or brokenness that came into our lives. Will God hold you accountable for some commitment that you made to Him in the quiet of your home or the quiet of your heart? Will He hold you accountable for that little card that you stuck in your Bible and when you were very sincere and you said, Yes, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I will say yes. Some of you have been called to commitment. You made a commitment, but you have not kept the commitment. The final question, the final part of the message, what should you do if you know that you are reaping the consequences of failing to keep your commitment to God. You know that discipline has come into your life. You know that some measure of brokenness has come into your life and into your home as a result of your failure to keep your commitment to God. What should you do? Well, you should repent and you should return and pay the price of full commitment. Perhaps God in His mercy will pour out a blessing instead of the discipline he has poured into your life. Let's pray.